0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Relative Pitch, our Summer Spotlight Series. Today, we have Emily Ang with us. She's a DMA candidate at the University of Georgia. Go Dogs! So, how are you doing? How is everything?
1: I'm doing great. I'm enjoying a little bit of a summer break right now, and it's kind of nice to just relax, rejuvenate, all of that.
0: Yes. Also, I just realized when I said go dogs, I definitely did the UT side. Is there a U is there a dog? Is there like they a do go this. dog oh, <laughs> like this. Okay, there we go. There and we go.
2: Also, shout out, shout out to the dogs for making it to the women's college world series in yeah, softball. softball. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. All right. Go UGA. Go
2: sports. Woo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: So, Emily, tell us, tell us a little bit about your background, a little of your bio. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, like you said, I'm currently based in Athens, Georgia, at the University of Georgia. I'm, I'm, origi- I'm originally from New Hampshire, um, and I did most, like, all of my schooling in, in the New England, Massachusetts area, and so coming down here was a bit of a culture shock, but a really really nice surprise. I absolutely adore being here in Georgia and in the South and Athens is a really cool town. Um, come visit if you haven't already. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up, uh, in New Hampshire. I'm an only child. Um, so I had a lot of time. Um, I hope I'm not one of those like only children who,
2: uh,
1: are, are, super socially awkward, but, um, I, I, um, had a lot of time just to kind of, you know, let my imagination run wild when I was a kid. So, um, I always was, you know, kind of had a crazy appetite for just like anything, anything new and different, you know, I love school, I love music, I love sports, I love dance, um, and all of those things. I just kind of like, I mean, I was really fortunate that my parents just like, um, entertained all of those interests. And so, um, I think I, I inevitably ended up, um, kind of settling on music just because it's the best thing ever (laughs) we all know um so i um but it it took me a little while to get here you know i started playing piano um when i was a kid sang um off and on did some musical theater when i was growing up um i and i played cello started cello in, in fifth grade then played saxophone in high school because my high school didn't have an orchestra, so um, I wanted like that large ensemble experience. So then I really became a band kid, um, <laughs> and and then when I when I came to kind of deciding what college to go to and what I wanted to end up studying, um, I ended up going to Brandeis University, um, a small liberal arts college in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts. Um, and I was really interested in studying both science and music. So I, I studied biochemistry in addition to music composition, thinking I wanted to be like a doctor, like a medical doctor, not like a doctor of musical arts. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I, I followed those two paths simultaneously in college and just had a really great time um, doing that and, and figuring things out. Um, and then went to New England Conservatory for my master's. I took a couple of years off uh, between my undergrad and my master's to sort of just figure things out and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I worked in alumni relations and um, development uh, at New England Conservatory for two years after I graduated undergrad. Um, and I think being like in that environment of just uh, being surrounded by music really affirmed things for me. And I was like, I think I think I really do need to commit to this and really do this. So. Was fortunate enough to get accepted to New England Conservatory. I uh, did my masters there in instrumental conducting and then applied for DMA programs and here I am at the University of Georgia.
0: <laughs> wow. So I have a really question. The biochemistry yeah. and composition <laughs> My brain can even think about bio mean bio life chemistry, the class that I hated the most. Oh my I never chemistry. I
2: never I never took a chemistry class. It was hard. It was yeah, hard.
0: chemistry's hard. I never re- had an A in high school, but no, I could never ever do it. Like, so you wanted to be a doctor, doctor, like working in a hospital and everything, but you also still love that musical aspect and I think I, I mean you're not the first person um, that I heard do science and music can you talk about how music and then the science is kind of really go hand in hand they both kind of triggered that that I guess the part of your brain um that feed off for each other
1: yeah definitely I think um they actually in in my experience I really kind of kept them separate um it felt like science and like academic study of science was really like kind of speaking to like I guess my analytical and like nerdy part of my brain uh whereas the music was obviously like the more expressive more emotional part of me and so um I you know I think while I don't really have anything to do with biochemistry anymore I do think some of those skills and tools and that I learned um just like kind of problem solving and that kind of thing still plays a role in what I do in music now as a conductor, because, you know, there's, I mean, you're always putting pieces together and you're always figuring out like why things are happening the way they are. Um, And so I think that kind of like diagnostic approach to music is um, really, it it plays along with like what I did with biochemistry.
3: Nice. Yeah. I had a question more about composition like um so what was your experience with composition and like do you have pieces out there like do you do you still compose
1: yeah so my experience at Brandeis was super positive I studied with um David Rakowski who um who is just wonderful and he he's a really uh his music is so fun and I think like serious classical music can be very serious but he is always able to bring just such um such a, a playfulness and also kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, approach to a lot of his music that I really really appreciated and I think um at some place like Brandeis where there can be like a there, there was a lot of like really academic composers some very like avant-garde like um experimental stuff going on um that never really spoke to me I always mostly wrote tonal music um and you know kind of Expanding what that means, but it's tonal and it's music that I like to listen to. You know, <laughs> I'm only gonna write stuff that I enjoy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have a, um, a handful of pieces that are out there on my uh, on my SoundCloud, and nowadays um, I really kind of started to explore like more song form and popular music. Um, and I think the one thing about composition when I was um, studying it in undergrad was. I did miss that human aspect of it. With composition, Mm -hmm. you're spending a ton of time just kind of alone at the piano or at your computer or whatever. Um, And I I missed performing. I did play in ensembles and sing in ensembles in college, but um, I I enjoyed composition because I got to kind of put all the pieces together. But I think the next step for me was inevitably just conducting because you're still like engaging with people you're still putting all the pieces together um, but you know, there's that interaction that I was missing a little bit in composition. So now when I do write, I really like to um, collaborate with other people. And um, yeah,
2: just have it be kind of more just fun. It's really just for fun now. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask like when the conducting picked up, but then you answered that. Like when, um, <clears throat> what is your favorite ensemble to conduct? Do you like the bigger, ensembles do you like the more chamber setting is there a different does each one trigger a different part in your mind and what you like to do in different aspects yeah that's um wow
1: I have never really thought about that before um I think I'm still a student so I'm still just kind of figuring that out and what I really enjoy um both like you said both have like trigger different parts of of what I enjoy and so um there is nothing like conducting a massive orchestra or a massive band. Like that's a very, very fulfilling feeling and it's powerful mm-hmm. and you feel, feel powerful and like you're on the top of the world and it's just, there's nothing like that. But sometimes I do miss in those like large ensemble experiences, the ability to connect um, and know each musician on a more individual level. So mm-hmm. I really also enjoy the chamber music. Um, I, I like to be as collaborative as possible also on the podium. Like I don't like to be kind of like dictator um, my way or the highway. Um, I'm also, I I think it's also just try to bring a little bit of humility. Like I'm okay with making mistakes. And so I guess sometimes making mistakes in front of a large, large orchestra can be like kind of overwhelming and embarrassing. But when you're in a chamber setting we're all figuring things out together. Yeah. That can be really, really fun um, and rewarding.
0: Yeah. I've actually um, had the pleasure of seeing you with uh, bands. Um, I came to UGA and I saw you work Grand Partita, which could be yeah. <laughs> a very, very um, difficult thing to do. And then I also saw you work with the, I think it's the campus band yeah. um, as well. And that was like just a fun like time. I just love seeing the, the students just love playing their instruments. They love playing the music. It was just so good. Um, the atmosphere even as a person who was just watching the atmosphere was just so good and and sometimes it's some places is not like that so it was so good and refreshing to be in your group and and just feel that it was just amazing
1: well I'm happy you picked up on that vibe sometimes I it, because it's just like a sea of a hundred people you kind of I can never really gauge the feel of the room plus I'm just trying to get things done you know we have like four rehearsals before a concert um but I'm really happy that's the environment that you sensed because um it's true I think that I mean the students at UGA who take the spring um like bands the spring campus bands are just they just want to play and they just want to be there to have fun uh with their friends and I really enjoy doing that because it's it's not super stressful like i can also just enjoy it too because you know we're all in this together we're just here to have a really good time Uh, obviously put together some good music um and and work on things and and have a sense of accomplishment and a, a goal to work toward but um i miss doing that large band i haven't done it since covid shut everything down and we've had to scale things differently and i'm not sure what the future of those bands look like um because they are so large and so many people in a room, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, I I do miss that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I think we had a question for you about the pandemic and everything. How has it been receiving a doctorate degree in wind band conducting in the middle of a pandemic?
1: It's been a challenge. Um, uh, I hadn't conducted between March, 2020 until April of this last year. So it was about, it it was almost, it was about 13 months between like public, my public conducting appearances. Um, (laughs) And um, you know, at first I, I was, I feel a little bit selfish in saying this because obviously there was so much suffering and pain throughout COVID and everything, but the break, uh, in March was incredibly welcome for me like I felt like I was running on empty and I had just been conducting nonstop and didn't have a chance to like even think about like what I had just done because I was just all- already thinking about the next thing mm-hmm. um, and so last spring I was just like wow this is actually kind of really nice like I can go out on walks I can um like start to just like kind of regain a little bit of like a healthy lifestyle you know um cook for myself more often um so that was it was a couple of months of just feeling like okay this is actually a bit of a relief in a way um not to say that anything I was doing before COVID shut anything down was bad. Like, obviously, this is why I'm here. I, I like being super busy and, and having so many opportunities to be on the podium. But still, it was just, you know, huh. Um, but then um, it kind of got really, you get, I think we all went through like that existential phase of, of COVID where we're like, what are we doing musical music seems to be really like disposable in a way and that doesn't feel great like um and so I think now I'm I'm kind of just like so ready to be back back at it um it did give me a chance to focus on on some other endeavors you know I wasn't conducting so that gave me time to like focus on Lift Music Fund and then um also on my research and kind of thinking about that, but it was also really hard to motivate because you never you didn't know when the end of this was going to be. So it's it's kind of um, of course we've all got a jumble of emotions, but um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah. before, um, I'm sorry. Before we get to the lift music fund, um, so I know a lot of people have said since that March deadline, it's kind of like music took a pause, um, kind of and. I think you're one of the first ones and I, I know we've talked about this on previous episodes but like that march really was like a break I feel like we were all going I know I was student teaching at the time Lauren and Michael were uh auditioning at all their different colleges and so like when it happened I think we all kind of took a breath but it mm-hmm. was like one of those scared breaths like um Do we like this or do we not? Which one are we going with? So I think it it is important to say you you have to take a break. Um, Yes. No, a pandemic is not the break we wanted, but you still got to have a break.
2: Yeah, I know. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I know like for me, I was going to get your response. Like the break was well needed. And now that things are getting more back to normal, like school was kind of normal but not like I think what everybody's used to being going, but like the summer started to pick up going into that. I'm over here like, I need my time. Like, I don't know if I can be as busy as I once was. And I was wondering how you feel about that. Like after we have all this time to just, you know, spend by ourselves and do what we want on our own time, going back to that rigorous, always fast paced schedule. How have you like kind of battled that, accepted that kind of pushed back type of deal?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you're so right. We need to find like a, a healthier balance. Like it, it, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't hit a pandemic and be like, oh, thank goodness, like this is a break. Like it should, we, <laughs> um, I, I think it's caused me to think a lot more about why I'm doing the things I'm doing and like really being super mindful about like what commitments I'm taking. And, and granted I'm in a place right now where I, where I wanna go do everything because it's just been so much nothing. But I think I will try to remember this past year and the feeling of, wow, this is actually like, there, there can be a healthy balance of, of commitments in life and just kind of, so we don't feel so exhausted when a mm-hmm. break does come.
3: Yeah, I think the main thing is like, I haven't heard or anytime I hear someone talk about the positives they've seen out of COVID, they feel guilty about it. Um, it's almost like oh I know things have been going on but like this and it's like well there there have been some positive things that have come out of the unfortunate situation and it's good that we talk about that so that every time we bring it up it's not such a negative thing that everyone's like oh gosh I know I got to think about all this like yes think about it at the same time I think everyone in some way for the most or I think most people have actually experienced something positive whether that's like I had a break you know Mm -hmm. Um, and just got to like chill out and work on things that maybe you put off I know Home Depot and Lowe's and all those places probably got so much money just because of people getting around to home projects and things like that yes. um and you know just like hobby stuff so like yeah I actually read a
0: book awesome. for once
3: right people right, being so book. educated <laughs> becoming more, becoming more literate like there's some good <laughs>
2: literate did she just I, call me a literate I on, really on the I, podcast I, actually, I don't think she was aiming that at you i think she was aiming it at me oh Ooh, but it's, it's okay fits. if the shoe fits <laughs>
3: so, But um, i i actually encountered or i think i got to know you through your organization lift music fund which uh, anthony hinted at earlier and um, getting to do the the recital um, concert for you guys for your big fundraiser was so amazing and it gave me an opportunity to perform and to build a I don't want a concert program to perform and um, I just wanted to ask you like you how lift music fund came to be how like what made you want to create the organization and like what its purpose and mission is
1: yeah absolutely well first of all thank you so much for your mini concert, you were, yours definitely stands out in my mind as just one that really balanced like such a, you could tell you really cared about the mission and that you were committed to creating a program that really centered the mission and also centered your artistry. And it was just wonderful. So um, I'm so grateful to have had you involved in in, in the series. Um, but uh, so yeah, Lift Music Fund, um, when it, I mean, I think, Last June, when we were all dealing with the um, kind of coming to the forefront of of our minds, the racial injustices that are that exist in our country, um, and then the next step is obviously okay. What what is immediately around me that is being affected? And so, to me, uh, the field of music was an obvious thing for me to just like focus on and think about. Okay, what are the racial injustices here in our in our field? Um, and so I just I started thinking about, okay, why, why does music have such an issue with a lack of diversity and a lack of equity? And I, I think it really does come down to the extremely high price point of studying music seriously. Um, there are so many other things, but to me, like, there's the racial wealth gap, uh, wage gap in our country. Um, that goes back generations and generations, Um, we all know this, and there is the gap in access in music education, and so um, they seem very parallel to me, and there is, of course, research that exists that kind of also hints to the same thing, Um, but I started kind of doing research and and thinking about uh, what what sorts of things do exist out there to, um, to support young uh, BIPOC musicians. And um, there wasn't anything kind of like that uh, supported the more everyday costs of studying music. Things that are still um, a financial barrier for students whose families are struggling to put food on the table or, or pay rent or that kind of thing. You know, you can't always buy your new reeds or a mouthpiece that's gonna make you sound as good as you should be able to sound. Um, and those, those little things can really just keep you from excelling at the rate that you're supposed to be excelling at or that, you, that you're mm-hmm. capable of excelling at. Um, and so I wanted um, there to be this resource where students could apply for something, uh, for funding, for something that they know they need, that they've either talked with their band director or their private instructor um, that they know they need. And they apply and they hear back really quickly about it. And it's not like these huge sums of money that break the bank, but um, they are things that can really help um, a student get to the next level in their music making. Um, And so, you know, that was kind of where the idea for Lyft Music Fund came about and then it just kind of turned into let's let's see how much money we can raise to support this and how much money we can give out each month. so in the fall, we did a $25,000 fundraising campaign uh, to kick off like the first the first year of awards where we were awarding $2,000 a month. And then we just wrapped on a $50,000 campaign, which we got a little bit shy of. But um, if you're out there, please donate. <laughs> the link is still out there. <laughs> um, but um, we're close enough to be able to award $4,000 uh, every month this next year. So doubling the impact and um, hopefully doubling the amount of students that can receive support. And so it's just been um, really rewarding because uh, as I mentioned, I did like all of that work in alumni relations and fundraising and development and that kind of program management that was very, you know, those skills allowed me to create Lift Music Fund and and make it into what it is now and, and create a sustainable future for the organization. So I'm very, very happy and proud and and blessed to be a part of part of this. And just, um, yeah,
3: (laughs) you are like, so everything about you're just so inspiring. First of all, um, you, I, we know you're booked and busy. Like we like to joke about that, but you truly, I know you have so (laughs) much going on. And the fact that you were able to do everything you do with like so much, like intention. And it's obvious that everything you do, you like have so much passion for it. And it's obvious with Lyft, um, seeing the amount of people who you guys have impacted and who you have like touched by what you're doing is just, it's amazing. So just thank you for providing our, you know, community with another resource for young musicians, you know, to help with the diversity issue that we have, you know, within our field. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for your support. Um, it really, means a lot and thanks for having me on here today to kind of speak about it and spread the word.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, it, for everybody um, that is listening, um, go follow their Instagram page. Um, I love, love, love when I go on Instagram and I see all of the the uh, recipients of the month and just seeing the diversity and the, the kids who you would, who I know are talented musicians who can do all these things, but they just lack the necessary funds for it. It mm-hmm. is just so beautiful mm-hmm. to see. And I don't know if I can say this, but I was so honored when you asked me to, you know, uh, help f- for one month. And just reading some of, the, some of those applications and I, I got from them, it's like, wow, this is something that isn't will impact their lives, people around them, and will impact people in the future. So like legit, when we say thank you, your that dream that you had, it is just doing so much for everyone around. And we are so thankful as a music community for this, for your organization. So thank you, thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: <laughs> no, it's just, it's beautiful, it's beautiful.
2: It's awesome. And I think I really do believe people forget and I know I I forgot in high school because like I was fortunate that my great grandmother funded all four years of high school private lessons. And I just like we were I was able to get mouthpieces and stuff. But the price of like a certain mouthpiece like 55 is usually the minimum. That's that's a check. Mm -hmm. That is that is a whole. I got to go teach two lessons to get that check. Mm -hmm. And like now like really and then like for kids who need that it's just an awesome thing and people just forget like neck straps reeds mouthpieces they see so so disposable and at your hands but again it is it is what we need and what these students need to really shine and I, I really appreciate your mission yes yeah
3: it's just such an amazing thing and I the the th- main thing about it is I like the idea of doing these like because they're, they're called micro grants, right? So there's something that, you know, people would not maybe think about, you know, for all these crazy music festivals that cost $5,000 for a summer. um, Yeah, like the, they have to give out big boy scholarships, because who has that much money to spend in like, what, two and a half months? It's crazy. But this is something that you feel like it's actually truly impacting mm-hmm. the student. That's what I really love about that is that it does. It's so impactful, you know, and that you thought about it that way. And Oh, I just love it.
0: Just it's just yeah. great. everything about it
3: is just wonderful. Um we could just go on and on.
0: Good. <laughs> good. And um just w- when we when we saw how much you were praising and and getting to that goal, it, it was just something great to see. So, um I have to ask what is next for Lift Music Fund?
1: Yeah. Um I mean, I think our goal, our ultimate goal is to be able to fund every student that applies. Um, I think that it, everyone who comes through needs it and and could really benefit. So I think just being able to have enough funds available for that. Um, and then I think in the future, it would be great to be able to support some of the summer festivals and um, maybe large instrument purchases or tuition or that kind of thing. Um, so, kind of looking into some some more substantial scholarships in the future to to help with that because um, sometimes students will apply for a lift award to help with their big instrument purchase and two hundred and fifty dollars doesn't really go very far towards twenty thousand dollars, but um, you know uh, two thousand would would make a bigger dent in that. So we'll we're, we're hoping to kind of look at that in the future. Um, I think just it's kind of funny because you mentioned our Instagram, that has been really the only advertising we've really done for Lyft Music Funds because uh, we were already getting so many applicants that we weren't able to fund everyone. And so um, the goal is to be able to tell all the band directors and all the orchestra directors, and all the choir directors all over the place, um, that this exists and this that this is there for their students. But we've kind of had to pause that because um, we just haven't had the support. So. Uh, one thing uh, before the next thing, but that, that, that would be a great goal for us. Um, yeah. So those are, those are just a couple of things, but we're definitely just going to kind of keep doing what we're doing because I think the students are just really, I mean, they're, they're so amazing that it, they it's just an honor to be able to support them in their journeys and to build this network and this community of, of lift award recipients. I think that's another thing Um we partner with the organization ICU Affirming Representation in Music, which is um, Dr. Lake and, and Dr. Webb's um, yeah. organization, and they uh, what what they're doing is um, kind of doing the like representation and mentorship uh, and kind of like all of the um, the other side of music where you know you need to <coughs> network and you need to know who to study with and you need to know what festivals to go to and you need someone to help you on that journey. And so um, we handle the financial side of things, and then they handle um, that side of things. And so together, I think our missions really complement each other. So I think continuing to strengthen that bond, I mean, we're presenting at Midwest together in, in December, hey. so uh, really excited about that and what's to come there. And we're also presenting at MMA, um in July in about a month. So um, it's just very exciting to, to partner with them and to strengthen um, that side of the musical journey for, for a lot of students so that they feel supported both financially and
3: also in mm-hmm. in these other ways.
2: Wow. Yeah,
3: wow. Like, I mean, all of those are, I can definitely see the, the way that you are, your drive and everything and how, you know, important this is. I can definitely see those things coming to be, you know, you're speaking them into existence and, you know, whatever we can do as like relative pitch to help with that. Like we are here as you know, a group and as individuals, you know, to help you mm-hmm. with that. So, you know, feel free to reach out whenever you, you want to. About Certainly,
1: well, Yeah, <laughs> really appreciate the support.
0: We would love for a collaboration with Lift Music Fund, ICU, and Relative Fish. That'll be like a fantastic little trio of us going on. And so, uh, for our listeners, how can we help uh, continue the growth of Lift Music Fund?
1: Well, I have to say that financial financial support is really one of the biggest ways you can make an impact. Um, the, the Even, you know, a box of reads costs $35. And so for one student, that might be too difficult. But if that's something that you can afford, that would be amazing. You know, a mouthpiece is $200 or some mouthpieces are $200. So um, there th- these are very kind of a reasonable um, donation that can really go a long way in the mm-hmm. life of a student. Um, I think uh, other ways to get involved, um, Lauren, you mentioned your mini concert. We're always looking for a mini concert for microgrant performers, um, musicians who volunteer their time and um, perform a, a brief 30-minute concert where they speak about their own musical journey, why Lyft Music Fund is important to them, and um, fundraise for Lyft Music Fund and share it with their networks and um, also awareness raise for for uh, Lyft Music Fund. You know, there might be a music teacher in the audience who knows a student that would really benefit from a Lift mm-hmm. Award. So, um, it both, it, it, you know, dual purpose gets money in and also brings uh, awareness to, to the mission. Um, so those are two really great ways. Uh, also, I mean, you mentioned following us on, on social media um, sharing our stuff just really does help, especially when we're in, uh, in um, just kind of promoting the applications um, and getting that out there. So if there are any students that you know who would benefit from a Lyft Award, uh, send them our way.
0: <laughs> wow. No, I, I, I just enjoy hearing all about it. And so um, you are finishing your doctorate degree. Um, so what is next after that?
1: Yeah. So my, my goal is to finish this May. Um, we'll see, uh, I will be applying for jobs, um, at universities, both large and small, um, in the next year to, uh, hopefully have a position, um, conducting teaching. Um, I, I also have, I'm doing a music theory minor. So, uh, really, I, I like music theory and, and teaching music theory as well. So, um, I'd also love to, I I mean, the dream job, it would be to uh, be to be at a place where I would conduct both the orchestra and the band. Uh, My primary instrument is cello. So um, that would be super fun for me. We'll see if that unicorn exists in the next year (laughs) uh, with how things shake out. Um, But no, I I think I, I love being in an academic setting. I think um, college was such a formative time for me um, and being able to kind of mentor and and help students along as they figure out what their next steps are, what their musical journey is, it would be just just that that's kind of the goal for me is to always be teaching in that way.
0: And so to close us off for this lovely, lovely time with you, um, what are some advice that you have for upcoming musicians who are thinking about, you know, starting their path?
1: Yeah. that's a tricky question to answer without sounding super cliche. I think it's like, um, I, it, it's gonna be, it's going to sound, I'm, I'm gonna sound cliche. It's, I'm just gonna sound cliche right now. Uh, I think just always being true to yourself and true to your convictions and true to what you know is you um, is the most important thing that you can center in your musical journey. I think sometimes we can get really, really bogged down in all the nitty gritties of playing um, and sounding a certain way um, that I I mean, it happened to me a little bit, you know, I was focused so much, so focused on like what my arms were doing and how I looked that I wasn't thinking as uh, broadly about like, okay, what what impact am I going to have on the world? Like what, what is the purpose of all of this? And so to always be asking yourself, how can I make the impact that I want to make in the world? using my music or or not using my music, you know, just figuring out who you are um, to, to make the world a better place. I think that's just really the most important thing that young musicians can, can do. And I know that sounds super daunting, um, but there's always people out there to help you. And there are always people who believe in you. You know, if you have conviction in what you're doing, other people are going to just get behind you and support you in what you do. And so um, when you're young, you can afford to make mistakes. When you're old, you can afford to make mistakes, too, I think. That, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so just just not, not kind of um, tempering who you are for, for anything, really.
0: Wow. I love that. I love that. And mm-hmm. so my last thing, how can we um, become part of your village? How can we continue to follow you through your path? um, how we can find your social media and everything of that sort.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on socials. Um, and you can search Emily Ang on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram is at any because it's, I really enjoy baking. Um, and, and that's, uh, I grew up baking pies with my grandmother. So that's kind of the uh, background oh. to that name. Um, it's not very professional and I've thought about changing it, but like I don't really care.
0: <laughs> uh, like okay. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Yeah. And um if you want to fo- follow lift music fund, we're liftmusicfund.org or at lift music fund on on Instagram. And you can just search us on Facebook too. So um we're also on Twitter. We're not we're less active on Twitter. Just go follow Instagram. That's the real place to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes.
0: Well, it was a pleasure talking with you today. It was a pleasure just listening to you and we are so proud of you and Lift Music Fund. Um, And if you ever need any of us to help out with anything as solos or as relative pitch, we are here for you, and it has been just a pleasure. So to our audience, please go and follow Emily, go follow Live Music Fun, and help just really just impact the world. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.